It's time again for another episode of the Wrist Cheese Radio Podcast, your home for oral logical hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. I'm your host, Brodinky. With me always is my good friend, Schmidt. Schmitty, we have made it to episode 90, my friend. Wow. <laughs> Nine zero. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It's been fun. Been, it's been fun being with you and them simultaneously. Yes. <laughs> don't tell our wives yeah like the old uh like the water boy have you been with many women i was with my mama and coach klein last night <laughs> <laughs> yeah that Pleasant. was a <laughs> yeah great movie by the way epic uh yeah so how are things by you my friend things are good man things are good um Doing the whole homestead life, doing some more yard work, some pool time. So trying to soak up as much summer as I can. I finally feel like I've crossed the threshold of like being the dad status. Like when you're outside, just like watering your grass, you know, just like outside by yourself and your thoughts, just like sprinkling the grass. I'm I, like, I've, I've, I've achieved peak dad status. I did that last, I did that a couple of weeks ago. My family was on vacation and, uh, you know, we have a sp- sprinkler and everything, but um, we have a uh, pretty fresh sod in the back and it takes yeah. a little extra attention. And so nobody was home except me. And I got home from work and I was just, it was, you know, nighttime, it was evening, I should say. And uh, I just went outside with a beer and started hosing the grass down. And I sent a picture <laughs> of my wife and I just wrote Hank Hill shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, I did see there's a King of the Hill reboot coming. No. And not only that, it's set in the present so everybody's older oh god yeah so this this ought no. to be hysterical because obviously I, I, they're yeah, gonna work in some uh, modern stuff like a lot of things that weren't around when king of the hill was first sort of introduced like they're gonna in, you know involve things like pronouns and stuff and you can only imagine how that's gonna fly oh with hank hill god. like you know he's such oh a traditional god. like just overly hyper masculine like dad type you know yeah yeah if you ask for well done, we'll politely ask them to leave, right? Like, <laughs> yes. So Bobby Hill's propane, like older. I think. Accessory. I think. I think they said he owns a restaurant. I, I. I thought the guys. I. I was listening to an interview of somebody who said he was coming back, and I was like, "Wow, this ought to be right. hysterical." Like, I, oh I'm. A, I'm a anything Mike Judge does is like hysterical. Like, I watch any of it. Beat of some Blood, King of the Hill. Like, you name it, I'm in. So. Yeah, but King of the Hill is a classic, and it's almost like one of those things where, like, I just feel you can't, you can't modernize it because I just don't, I don't want it to be like because it was already perfect, you know. I just don't want it to be like a dumpster fire of just modern day culture. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I, I, that's just the, they, they say you never want to meet your heroes, right? <laughs> True. It's just like, please don't touch it. Please don't destroy another IP, like everything else that's going on today. True. But I, I always love that show because it, it didn't need like profanity or anything over the top to be hysterical. It just was. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, I, and think it you, was, I think you get extra points for that because it's and, easy and to be funny when you're profane, profane. Yeah. or, you know, you use like nudity or like, crazy situations that are like very taboo yeah, yeah it's easy yeah, to get cheap yeah. laughs that way when you're getting like genuine laughs out of stuff like watering your lawn like that's very funny to me yeah and and it's funny because like having grown up 
and lived in Texas oh, my true. whole life. Yeah. This is literally what it's like. <laughs> it's literally a caricature of everything that exists in the world. And uh, it's true. It is 100% uh, Texas. Now, I will say it's 100% Texas in a very small rural community. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I went to the, the, the vast reaches of upstate New York. It's not much different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that that's probably you're probably right. I was probably. visiting a friend up there. I walk out of their house. There's a guy across the street mowing his lawn, and he's got a hat that says the Lawn Ranger. <laughs> and he's riding his little tractor, and he, he was happier than a pig in shit. Let me oh, tell you. my God. I haven't reached that peak status where I start going for the air Pegasus. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe I will. Maybe it'll be the 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 Shin High Sonics with the air with the Nike Air Pegasus or the Air Monarchs. Very nice. Yeah, there you go. That'll be nice. true dad status. Everything is good otherwise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, man. Um, everything with you? Good. I had quite a day that I'm glad is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were so, telling me. Sundays are my Monday. So it starts there. I'm on my yeah. way to work. I got a call from an employee. Got in a fight with somebody else. Blah, 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 blah. All right, whatever. I'll sort it out when I get there. I won't sort it out when I get there because I'm now sitting in three hours of flood traffic. We had a <laughs> massive torrential downpour on my way to work. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I don't know if it was a, it must've been a drain. I think one of the drains on the side of the highway clogged up and it wasn't a very big uh, stretch that was underwater, but just enough that, I mean, both sides, there's a barrier on both sides of you. It was going under an overpass. So it was like a little dip, just enough to to pool some water and it pulled up pretty good. And, you know, some sap got their car stuck in it. And after that got barricaded off, we had to wait three hours. Like people are, once the rain stopped, you had every, you know, moron getting out of their car, filming filming yep. everything like i'm like this is not so now everybody's rubber that and, yeah exactly but i mean it was just stopped I, and I, I was right at the front so it's not even like i could turn around and go back like i was right at the front of where they stopped it i was like ah so three hours in the car got to work pretty pretty tumultuous overall day and then just to cap it off i go to leave and yeah i, I start the car I, I start to pull out and i hear but 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 and i'm like what's that I'm like, oh, I have a <laughs> flat tire. Sound, let me just sound. let me just cap this one off with a cherry. Dun, 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 I have a, dun, dun, I have a dun, flat dun, dun. tire, so change yep. change that in the rain and went home. And I will just do my best to forget this day ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Yikes! I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. So that's good. But aside from that, uh, you know, we're here doing the episode thing. Like I said, episode ninety, which is crazy. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. The well, flat also, tire episode. Yeah, it's it's also crazy when you think about. I mean, ninety episodes, usually a little over an hour. I mean, that's it, how many days of runtime? You know, yeah, it's a 24, lot. 48, 72, right? Like, that's it's. You could listen from the beginning to the end. It's going to take you four days straight, oh, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, and or said. I don't think it's sad. I think I it's just uh, sad. You, you think about you commit. We committed four days of our life to this. <laughs> I mean, m- much more than that. It seems like. I mean, if we were to play every episode, yeah, it would be for four days. But you know, 
it's actually a lot more invasive than that, you know, with regards to what we've done. But uh, thank you. It's been fun. Thank you, bro, for having me. That's that's you know, probably been the, the best my part pleasure. of everything. I know this is a, a lot of people don't know how this started, but uh, some late night texts between bros who had never met on the Internet. <laughs> that's how this started. And it's been a wild ride ever since. So anyways, uh, we'll we'll get into what we usually do here. Um, we got some new stuff. A lot of it is sort of kind of off the cuff. A lot of, a yeah. lot of not, I don't want to say not so household names, but no, no heavy hitters. No, yeah. you know, no Rolex, no mega, no anything like that. I mean, we, we were pretty heavy for a few weeks there. So understandably, um, we, we got a lot of those big boys out of the way. And especially with only watch, you know, we got a lot of exciting, you know, kind of sexy things of may, maybe some, sneak peeks of what's to come like we were talking about the tutor and stuff like that um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll start with uh our good friends over at Maurice Lacroix so they have another uh and I don't know if you call I, I'm assuming they want this to be pronounced icon because yeah yeah it's definitely not the acon cuz I know but I <laughs> I just every time I I read it I think I think I know right like yes acon right exactly and for those of you who are younger listeners, go listen to Akon. He's pretty good. No, well, I figured He's they would school. know that one. He did that. That was with him and Gwen Stefani. I mean, I'm not talking. I mean, about, I know that, but I mean, I'm not talking know, about locked up. Some younger, younger listeners, you know, maybe they, maybe they're not familiar. I mean, the world of music changes fast, my friend. If you ask me today to name the top rap stars that are current, I don't know I'm, if I could tell. I'm just going to go with. A, I'm going to start with Lil. And that's it. I guarantee it's a guy with little on his name. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, man, it's a uh, icon. I mean, the icon. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> so they've they've dropped a limited edition run of icons of eight hundred eighty eight pieces. I don't know what the number significance is, but they are very geared towards summer. They are. Uh, they come in three colors: a pink, a more or less turquoise blue and then orange and they sort of distributed them amongst the three sizes that you can get based on who they think is buying it so yeah. you are 35 millimeter you can buy in blue and pink you are 38 millimeter you can buy in blue and pink i guess because it's more unisex and then you're yeah. i think it's 42 you can buy in blue and orange and yeah absolutely you know, they, they come with the pretty cool integrated rubber strap and also the bracelet, which is very, you know, sort of that avant-garde bracelet that kind of reminds you of a Royal Oak situation. Yeah, but I mean, they know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. But, you know, it's 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 an offering at a price that people can get. And, you know, there's something to be said for that, even if... Uh, and it's available. So. Right, it's available. <laughs> it is available. So it's, not, it's not just a price point thing; it's also like an availability thing. And you know, I mean, I we, we've talked about the icon for for many episodes over the years, and uh, it's a great little collection. I mean, I'm not a Maurice Lacroix fan myself, but I mean, I can I can respect that they're doing something cool. They even have skeletonized versions. You know, they have all different types of colorways as well. So this is the summer collection. So you get the light pink the the ice blue or the the baby blue if you will and then you get kind of like the signal orange um but cool i mean you know there are 2500 or so approximately swiss francs um so expect that 
similarly priced in in USD, but uh, it's nice that you get the combo. You know, that's a, that's the other thing too that we we often see missing from the integrated strap bracelets. Like you get both in this case. Yeah, that is nice. Which I think is cool. I mean, you get the you get the OEM stuff. It's you know twenty five hundred bucks or so, and you get to swap between steel um, and rubber, which I think is perfect for summer. I had liked their their tied version of these. I thought those were really fun. Uh, yeah, a little yeah. a little steep, but I think it was like seven or eight hundred bucks for. Yeah, because it was like quartz and the, but it was, it was recycled it was material. Cord, yeah, I was gonna say it was a recycled material case. A lot of people were kind of hot and cold on that. But I thought the look of them, I thought was really nice, and yeah. I, I thought it was an, a, a really good idea. Just hard to pitch on the back of the Moon Swatch being much, much cheaper than that. One hundred, one hundred percent. I could not agree more with you on that. Um, but I think that they're coming out with some bangers. Like uh, a little while ago, we saw the release of the Pontus Diver again. They kind of refreshed that. That's kind of one of their more popular watches back in the day. So I mean, uh, it's it's good. They're coming out with some cool stuff. Um, my favorite of all of the, the icon series has always been the icon divers. We've talked about them before at length. Um, so I don't need to repeat that, but that's kind of like, if I was going to get an icon today, they're, they're icon venture and they just released one, I guess for this year, I'm looking at the website right now, I guess we missed this, but they released them in 38. Hmm. Um, so there's now a new icon venture 38 millimeter diver. Uh, with the integrated steel bracelet, as well as an included rubber diver strap, not bad for twenty two seventy Swiss francs. So it's actually less than uh, than the ones we're talking about right now. And I will say this, and it, and it's it stinks that Windup has just uh, sort of finished up in Chicago because then somebody could have verified this, but they still might be able to. I will give Maurice Lacroix this. When I went to wind up last year in, in New York City, you know, walking around, checking out the booths. Let me tell you, they brought the eye candy. Oh, they know, they know exactly yeah. what they, they were know doing. Exactly what they're doing. They know right. exactly what they were doing. Hey, you know, all these watch guys haven't showered in a while, you know, kind of crammed into a to a hot store. Listen, many of them have never even interacted with a woman to have this opportunity. They know exactly what they were doing. Yeah, they're like, yeah, it's twenty two hundred dollars. You you can take it, right? You That's can take pocket it, right? change for somebody like you, you can, right? You can take it, right? <laughs> you can handle anything. With that you can pocket. handle anything you want, baby. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh yeah, <laughs> you know the good old days. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. I can imagine. Well, you know how else you're gonna sell. $850 recycled plastic tie pieces. That's exactly what they had in front of them. And I was like, let me go check these out. <laughs> I, I mean, I know. I remember you telling me the story last year and I thought it was hilarious. So it's kind of kind of funny it came back. But you know what? Good Marketing, for, baby. Good for them. Marketing, sex sells. They've always said it. Sex does so. Especially in hobbies like this one. <laughs> <laughs> agreed, agreed. All right, next up, we have a release from Smith's. Ooh, a brand we hardly ever talk about. The people who actually summited Everest. Uh. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite stories <laughs> that gets often so lost to, to history. Yeah, it wasn't really the Rolex. It Rolex was there, but you know the Smiths actually climbed Everest. But They hung out at the bottom like, we're not going up there. What the hell's the matter with you guys? Yeah, yeah. It's like, we're not trying to die. But the Smiths made it. 
Okay. So this isn't an Everest. This is called the Traveler. And uh, so if you're thinking uh, Smith's Everest as the Explorer 1, the Traveler is kind of like the Explorer 2, if you look at it. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's got an orange. I could, I could see that. It's got orange the, GMT hand. It's got a little bit of sixteen fifty five in it. Yeah, a, a, a little bit. But then you work, and it's got the white dial with the orange hand, very polar esque. Yeah. So, uh, but it's definitely got some cues. We'll just leave it at that. It's got some cues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jubilee bracelet, however. Yeah, yeah. Jubilee bracelet. You're talking about uh, what looks like a full satin case. You know, twenty four hour bezel, true GMT. It's a it's a Miyota ninety. 75 so it's a gmt movement um but cool syringe style hands there's a blue version and a black version uh it looks like right now the white dial with the blue bezel is sold out um we agreed that that was kind of our boat both of our favorite model yeah it's a nice Um, combo it's a nice combo and it looks good especially with the orange um it's 395 pounds so 395 pounds that one's currently sold out but the black dial is still available on the website um and you can pick one up so also the same price for for the other reference good looking watch nothing nothing too crazy to write home about here um it's 38 millimeters in diameter 41 if you include the crown it's a little thick i was gonna say for a 38 that's a little little thick but, but I also I don't know how dome that cra- that uh that's that's what I'm thinking that it is that's what I'm thinking that it is because sometimes they're like we're gonna make it super vintage and I was like well here's a ginormous crystal <laughs> you know <laughs> that does okay. that does happen it does it does that's why I that does happen it does happen so um, regardless I think it's a good looking watch the price point is fantastic and I think this will be a cool if they can keep up production this will be a cool time piece to have in a kind of true GMT category. That's well under five hundred dollars. I think that would be a a nice thing. The only thing that's gonna that's gonna be challenging for Smiths is can they continue to produce, um, produce the quantities? Because I know being that they're a very small company, um, they produce runs and then you know they may not have one until forever. And even on the website, it's indicated that you can only buy one per customer. Mm. So it's not like you're going out and buying five and flipping them or whatever. They should just put not for resale on the dial. <laughs> Are we going to talk about that today? I'm, I'm sure we'll get there. You know, it's funny. We didn't okay. mention it in the pre we, we totally did not mention it. I completely forgot about it. It was kind of like the biggest news of last that just, week. That just hit me right back in the face thinking about oh, that. Oh, so. God. It's making me want to die. This makes me want to die. Okay. Up next, we have a release from Laurier. They have a Hydra Oof, GMT. This one. Now you know I, I keep I keep trying to remember your your qualifications for the diver GMT that you wanted. I can't remember if this one. I mean, it has this an internal it. GMT. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is exactly what I'm looking yeah, for. I thought so. I did. I didn't want to jump the gun, but no, no, no. I don't no, want to. I, I don't want to. You know, set you up on the blind date, <laughs> and then you're like, nah, kid. <laughs> no, no, it's it. No, it's perfect. I I I really do like this watch, and and I've been following Laurier for a long time. I've never personally owned one. I know several people that have, have had them cross their paths, and and it's a cool company, you know, mom and pop type situation, husband and wife team, really making this uh, this brand sing, and they're really you know a big force in the micro space, even though they don't do too too many watches, but this one I think is is fantastic. We have another Miyota ninety seventy five movement, so this is a um, a true GMT caliber, but what I really love is this is a diver first, and 
as bro is kind of alluding to my my real classification for these watches is to create a diver's rotating bezel with an internal 24-hour scale make it a true diver's watch first before you make it a gmt because let's be honest most people are going to have that gmt set they're never going to move it and there's always that one guy that makes the argument, well, you can use the bezel to track a third time zone. Nobody's tracking a third time zone. I'm sorry. You don't sorry. have that many friends. You collect watches. It, it, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's just like, even, even for those people that own GMTs, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They don't ever move the bezel because then it starts to throw off all the numbers and you have to do all the mental math in your head to remember exactly which freaking number you're talking about, which hour zone is corresponding to what. It's insanely difficult, and having it referenced on the bezel just makes it that much more impractical. This is cool because you can travel. You know, dive watches are typically places you take on on sporty applications. You go tropical places. You want something that can go with you, and you can still track those time zones, and especially your time back home, which I think is what is most important here. Um, I love the cushion style case. Kind of re reminds me of like a you know sixties. Omega Seamaster 300 a bit, but um, I really love the vintage cues here. And it's even funny, like I was looking at the the 24-hour scale, and it's kind of giving me some of those new, like Breitling Super Ocean vibes, like the big chunky chapter I was ring. Thinking, yeah, I was thinking with the white chapter ring. Yeah. I, I also got a Breitling vibe out of that. I mean, but this to me, in my opinion, is executed far better than the Breitling one. It's just, it's a little bit more symmetrical to me in my eye. Well, the Breitling, like you said, it's just, it's sort of just chunky and unapologetic in that yeah. respect. Like, I think that's what they were going for, but it also just comes off as very like unrefined, like very, correct. Um, correct. This is the opposite of that. Yes. So I, I think this is a little more sleek where that is very like Neanderthal <laughs> as far as designs go. Yeah, now if it was a real slow chrono, that would be something different. But no, we get a dive watch out of it. Um, regardless, the the Laurier, I think this Hydra is fantastic. This Hydra's been in their collection for for many years now, and I think this is kind of coming into its own design because, you know, when I look at this, and I always have to give credit where credit is due. When I look at this color palette, I love it. It's kind of like this smoky gray, yeah, almost like an anthracite color. But you have it mixed with the red and then the white, and it just looks very good. There's obviously some homage aspects here, right? You have the broad arrow handset. You kind of have like the traditional Rolex Submariner um, diving dial. All of that stuff is there's fine. A, there's a snowflake hand snuck in there. <laughs> there's a snowflake hand. It's, and I think it's actually more like a diamond tip. Yeah, it, it's, a, of it's, like more, a, it's a little more uh, angled than us. Than yeah, us. yeah, yeah. But, you know, it doesn't feel too derivative. And that's one thing that I feel like Laurier does very well in its execution is it's obviously inspired. You know, they're not a classical brand. They haven't been around for that that long. But every single piece that they make, for the most part, feels inspired, but not too much of a copy. Um, and I can respect that because I know that that's not easy to do, especially when everything has already been done before. And you know, let's face it, when you're making watches in this price point, you only have your pick of so many parts. 100%. Right? Because 100%. let's face it, I mean, when you're selling watches, again, kind of around this price, you're probably not manufacturing all your own pieces down no, to your handset, no... down to your dial. You know, like, there's no way. It's impossible. It's impossible. 
and you know for them to be able to get away with with producing cool stuff and and the thing i look like about them too is they're not afraid to make like like very different pieces you know like they've had their their kind of play it safe for a while like i know the neptune was kind of the first one the falcon came shortly thereafter um but the zephyr hyperion yeah the hyperion is cool that's their gmt the astra which is kind of like their their take on like a classic steel sports watch um that kind of like date just vibe but one of my favorite watches that they produce is the zephyr and it's like we talked about the kind of the art deco style coming back and you see that in this watch and it's just so beautiful yeah, and the name is this good. Is, the name fits very well because, like, that was so during a good. time where that was like a legitimate thing for people, right? Like, absolutely, blimps and zephyrs, and people were like, "Oh, yeah, yeah this dude. is a, this is the future." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 amazing. It's a barrel shaped case and beautifully done dial, very simple, mechanical, and I love how all of their print advertisement that they do on their website looks like original nineteen fifties and sixties advertising. You know, like whoever is on their design team to do this in-house does an incredible job because it really does tell the story. It makes you feel like this is a vintage watch that you're discovering for the first time, you know, and not something that's produced today, which again, no small feat. So shout out to Laurier. Laurier, if you're ever in my area of Texas, hit me up. I would love to to meet and go grab a coffee. It'd be cool to talk. Okay, there you have it. And from one micro to the next, Baltic is giving us a sort of a redo on some watches that they already have released. I think mm-hmm. last time these were a little bit bigger because now they're dropping them in 36 yeah. and a half. I believe there were 38. I, I want to say 38, 39, maybe. But yeah. you had the, the HMS, which was sort of their sector dial. Yeah. And then you had a buy compacts, which we know was mm. uh they, they there was a limited edition, the salmon color that went for a lot of money um on the secondary market and stuff like that. But these yeah. ones are a little smaller. You're getting yeah. more of a, a copper dial, is sort of their, mm. their wild dial. They they're also making the blues and the the, the typical yeah. colors, yeah. but and, and and technically they do call it salmon on the website. But this looks it, very it, copper to me. It looks copper to me. And we've we talked about that on the podcast before. Where and, like like what's salmon, what's copper, you know? You know, and I don't know if it's the exact same colors they use in the other ones because the other ones are very pink. This one does not look yeah. very pink. This one yeah. looks like it's got much more brown tones to it, which is yeah, cool because yeah. it, it, it's a re- it looks like a really nice copper color, which I, I I'm down for. That's that's a neat. You know, every a lot of people like it, like we've talked about have said copper, and you're getting a pink metallic tone, which. Reads a little bit more like salmon <laughs> to yep, me, yep, yep. but um, I mean, they're very clean designs. I've always liked them, and now you're getting them in a smaller package. I I think they're just trying to sort of cover their bases and, and go with the trends and stuff. And as we know, yeah. things have been, you know, scaled back a little bit. So we're getting that now. And yeah, it's, it. it's, they're good, man. They're really solid. Um. I love them. I really, I really can't say enough about what they've done. As we know, kind of Baltic thrust on to the scene, um, 2016, 2017 with the Aquascaf, and and that was kind of like their first introduction to anything, their first crowd funded timepiece. Since then, I think the the HMS came shortly thereafter, 
and then su- subsequently followed by the uh, by the Chrono version. Um, but I think this is a very attractive looking watch. The the the, the official size specifications list at thirty six point five. The other version, according to the website, was thirty eight. So we were correct okay. on that. Um, so they are producing both on the website, but the dials are going to be different iterations of sector dials, um, comparatively to to the others. Okay. But um, what I like the most about these new dials is it just feels a little bit more like there's more character there, um, especially because it's giving me like old school like pie pan vibes. A little bit, I yeah. Can't, I can't tell if the dial itself is domed, but it's certainly the effect it's giving me when I look at it. But it's gorgeous. And like I was telling you off air, you know, they used to have a really nice handset um, for the HMS series, but this HMS 03 they kind of broadened the leaf hand style a little bit, making it feel, I don't know, maybe athletic is the word. It just feels more sculpted. Um, it just gives it to me a, a, a nicer presence and it's a little bit more legible. Um, and I like that. I think it, it makes the watch feel like it's not too delicate, but these new versions, they rock. I really like them, especially that salmon copper, whatever the hell you want to call it. It looks fantastic in yeah, both it, versions. Call it what you want, but I I really like the the numerals they use on this. You have sort of like the open sixes oh, and nines yeah, look to good. it. They're good. They're good. Very vintage, and like you said, with the sort of leaf hands, it it's just a neat combination. It's it's not something you're getting from a lot of places, especially right now. I mean, you think about everybody's so caught up in the steel sports look, right? With yeah, integrated bracelet and. They all sort of, I don't want to say they all have the same handset, but they all have the similar looks to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so you're getting, you know, you're getting a mix of some batons and some numerals here. And then on the the bi-compacts, you're getting the the, the two sub-dials, which I, I've always liked the look of the bi-compacts because it just mm-hmm. seems very symmetrical and very clean. Yeah. And you love that size too. I mean, yeah, I do. And, I, you know, and, and I'm curious, <laughs> I'm curious how, how this will what the build will look like in 36 and a half, because that is, that's small for a chronograph, but yeah, you no, know, I'm, I'm down to check it out. And especially there, it look, I mean, these look like there's a decent amount of bezel on them. So that dial has got to be maybe it's think, 33, be, like 32. Maybe. And it's, I think, I think what we're seeing too, cause it looks like it's a big bezel, but I think it's a step bezel. I, I was I just saying, it, it looks like part of it is the it case. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a step. I can see it on the side profile here. So there's definitely a step. So what you're seeing is kind of like a, a matte finish, which is where it meets like the lugs. And then there's a polished step up, which is the actual bezel ring around the crystal. But they look good. They look really, really, really good. And 36.5, man, that's nuts. Oh, wow. That's a... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Look, we, we got a... You know, 37 millimeter diver from Tudor this year. Maybe we're seeing a swing back the other way, sort of toward the extreme. Maybe we're bringing back the 35s and 36s of, of you know, the uh, the 50s and 60s. I mean, that's crazy. Do you think? Do you think we're ready for that? I mean, I don't know. Look, in the. I mean, because like 38, the, okay, I get it. I get 38, but I'm like, man. I mean, in the aughts, everything was 44. You know, maybe it's just a. A complete swing the other way. Yeah, maybe. Right, everything was Panerai, Hublot, you know, uh, <laughs> Planet Oceans big. and stuff like that. Like everything yeah, was just yeah, big, big, burly. Yeah, right. big, gnarly. So, yeah. 
but beautiful, beautiful dollar sign. I mean, really, really good looking, especially in that size. I mean, and honestly, now, like for all of you guys out there who may be getting your 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 partners in the watches, girlfriends, wives, whatever it might be, this is a perfect watch for them. Thirty six point five millimeters, manual wine chrono. It's a Seagull ST nineteen oh one caliber, so pretty tried and true in the in the you know micro brand space, but very good looking watch. And this is something that you could buy comfortably, knowing that you're probably going to steal it. <laughs> that's the end game right the low key Real loner <laughs> the low key loner man that's exactly what i'm saying <laughs> but yeah this is uh this is a very very good looking timepiece and you know why why try to source yourself out a solid rare party paddock when you can uh when you can buy something like this you don't need to be like jay-z yeah, that's right <laughs> Now, next up, we have one that you said you saw sort of teased at wind-up this year. Uh, yes. Benris, I guess, is harking back to their old Ultra Deeps. I mean, I guess it was probably Ultra Deep for the time. Now we would call this a a, a devil diver. Yeah, it's a 666. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, 666-foot yes. diver uh, probably was considered Ultra Deep. Uh, now we're looking at an order of magnitude larger than that for ultra deep watches. So, um, yes, but, um, so you saw this guy, was it the one with the round hands and the dots or was it stick indices? Cause I'm looking at two different vintage ultra deeps here. I saw, okay. It's the one with the, the, um, the compressor style case. Okay. So I'm looking yeah. at dots, Dots and and kind of like the weird handset, not the not the H case version. Yeah, they're like, yeah, I don't know how you describe them. They um, they look kind of like fountain pen hands, paintbrush hands, maybe. And then you got a, yeah, that's kind of what they look like. Right, they kind of look like paintbrushes. I could see that. Well, we'll call it paintbrush hands. If not, then you guys let us know if you like fountain pen hands better. But I don't know. I regardless, just came up with the first thing that looked like to me. It looks like a fountain. I mean, it's not bad. What you're saying is not bad. You're not bad. Um, but uh, very cool watch. I'm actually excited for this piece because I know some people teased it on Wind Up or at Wind Up today in Chicago. Um, looks like some of the people that were in attendance with Benris went out on like a little dive excursion. And uh, a gentleman who's been on the show before, you guys know him um, as Tom. He's kind of our resident type expert. Um, by the way, by the way, Emmy nominated now. In case, I don't know if you saw that. No. He got Emmy nominated for his work on Poker Face. So that's cool. No way. We, a guest on our show has been nominated for an Emmy, my friend. That's amazing. Okay. All right. We'll have to. That's pretty awesome. Big up, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's when you know you've arrived. Um, that's amazing. But so he was there and I think they took out like a boat trip around Lake Michigan. And I think Ben Riss and the team and some of the people from warning Mound who are certified, like took it diving Neat. and I was following his stories and I don't know if they're still there where you can see it, but, uh, there was definitely a snapshot of the ultra deep underwater on the NATO strap. So it looks like it's coming out either. It's been officially launched or teased. Um, but this is a very cool watch to come back. So for those of you who are not familiar with Benris, 
This is one of those zombie brands that was resurrected a few years ago. They started out with kind of a, you know, some old kind of new age pieces that they they brought back. Then they really hit the market and got some some good um, pushing around their their type one and type two, which were ba- basically versions of the dive watches that were supplied to the uh, U.S. Navy during the 1970s and 1980s. And they were specifically worn by UDT teams. Um, so these are very classic, you know, asymmetrical case divers. If you see the design, you'll immediately recognize it because it was copied by so many different brands over the years. Yep. But Ben Rister was really the the originator. Um, and this is kind of more of a step back than that. This is more of a 60s style diver. So if you can think of kind of in the same design language as the Longines Legend Diver. Yeah. It's that dual crown compressor style case with an internal rotating bezel. And I think it's going to look very good. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Caught yeah. that. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, I guess last but not least, what are we going to say about this Hublot? First of all, I thought it was so funny. Somebody messaged me that <laughs> they're like, you should be grateful that they didn't, they didn't market this as blow dinky. Like, but it, spelled oh, b-l-o-t God. and i was like oh yeah <laughs> he's like to be infringing on you i'm like yeah what a oh, turn of events. oh gotcha gotcha what gotcha. a turn of events yeah i mean this whole yeah i don't know i'll put it to you this way it's supposed to be a joke and i still i still don't really understand it and for for me not to that that means it's not a very good one so I mean, I mean, you you know the whole story of the inspiration, right? For the Hublot. I mean, I I know the service watch. Yeah, I mean, I so that's kind of I know that's kind of not for sale, thing. and now there's not for resale. Yeah, so basically, and and I'm so sad our our buddy Cole got dragged into this because you know, <laughs> uh, they did like a whole article about the the not for sale watch, like the 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 actual service one. So Hublot has been doing this for many, many, many years. And basically at one point in time, they were like some cheap course watches. Um, and, and slowly they've changed the design language and everything like that over the years to, to basically up it to more of a modern style. Hublot. Well, I mean, they've always said on the, on the case somewhere or whatever, you know, not for sale because it's not a sale watch. It's a, it was a loaner, you know, by the brand to you while your watch is being serviced. So the thing that always, you know, begs the question to me is like, how do you get these watches? Like, there's people that personally own one. Like, I know the guy um, from what's his face. Um, oh gosh, the other podcast is in Austin. Um, I'm blanking completely. Watch cringe. Yes, watch cringe. Like one of the guys from Watch Cringe has one of these. Oh, he has a not for sale Hublot. Now his is a little bit more of an older version, but he's got one. And you know, the one that Cole's wearing in the in the article for Rudinky came out today, I guess. Um, is more of the new version, but essentially they made these watches and they were giving them away for service. But my question is like, how do you get them? Do you just like abandon your watch? Because like if you take it, <laughs> like you have this not for sale hublot, but like, did you abandon your Hublot? Like, or do like they ret- retire them at some point? I, 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 I don't know. That's the thing I don't understand. You know, 
and, and it's like who well, do you know is it do you know this? do you know if it's uh, Brendan or Jay? Is Jay? Oh, uh, because I was to say I, Brent, Brendan's dad listens to this. We could always hit him up. He'll tell us the answer. <laughs> oh God, no! Oh no! No, no what I, if if they're up here again for uh, wind up New York, I'll I'll, I'll ask I'll ask him person. <laughs> yeah, well, just hit him in the DMs and tell him to bring it so he can at least see it. Because uh, I know he's posted it before, and it's 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 just a, it's it's very basic looking watch. At least the version that he has, like the one that Cole has in this in this article, it looks much better than that. It looks much more like a contemporary Hublot. It looks normal. But again, you know, my first question is like, how do you even get this watch in the first place? Because like, do you just steal it or do you leave your watch or, you know, do you have to have a personal connection with a retailer or, you know, with a boutique that's just like, yeah, just take it and don't ask questions because you're, you're an important person. Like, I don't know. That's what I figured. You know, regardless, at the end of the day, they end up in the hands of collectors and it started this whole thing of like, hey, this was watches that were listed as not for sale and then Houdinki decided to Houdinkify everything and they make this production run of Hublos. Thank God they're like seven grand and not like twenty five thousand dollars I mean would it surprise I know that, me at this point? Not really. No, but I mean I I think that they know they would have gotten ratioed to oblivion because people already have such a big stigma with Hublo and you know that. You know that 100%. Mm-hmm. So for them to like, could you imagine if they made that watch and they're like, all right, guys, it's twenty five thousand dollars. Everyone would have been like, you guys are funny. Definitely not going to happen. And then Houdinki's left with all these hublots in their inventory that they can't sell. So um, that said, let's check the uh, the status on the inventory because I'm curious to see where they are. Because typically, if they're not all sold out in the first weekend, typically it means that they didn't resonate. I found that that was a pretty yeah. decent list. I'll be honest, test. I did, I haven't even checked. Like it's, it's, it's not it's not that important to me. And I just, I mean, it, it's it's not. I'm just kind of I'm just looking at it from like a curiosity standpoint because I think this is the first time that Houdinki's ever done anything with Ublo. All right, is it? I honestly, again, it would I, be I'm, one of those I, things I, that would go right over my head because it would it would it would be a I would just scroll right past. It. So it, yeah. even if they did, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's that that's the case. But now I can't even find it. So maybe they maybe they really did get rid of it. Maybe they got. I mean, I I mean, get rid of it. Maybe they got rid of it fast. Let's see. Um. Yeah, I'm scrolling down here. I'm looking at all the watches. I'm just realizing that we're missing so many that we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's see. Is it still available? It is sold out. Oh, surprise. Wow. Okay, so. Even at seven, it is on... seven Gs. Yeah, well, oh, eight, eight Gs, seven Gs. But it, again, Round I will say this, though. I will say this. It's a fusion, so it's not a horrific design. It's not overly garish, which I appreciated. It's 38 millimeters too, which I think you would have appreciated. You know, less than 10 mil thick. So I think for most people by Hublot standards, it's actually a wearable timepiece. 
Now, am I going to run out and spend eight grand on a collaboration Hublot for Houdinki? No, definitely not going to do that. But not a horrible watch. Um, but yeah, so there's that. We also forgot the freaking skipper. How do we forget that? Oh, uh, you know why? Because I, I it, you know what it is? I, I lose track of the week to week when th- <laughs> when things get released know, earlier in the week. And then especially if I make a joke about them, I feel like I've already talked about them and I forget which <laughs> I forget where I'm speaking about things. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so so that went up early by yeah, accident. <laughs> Somebody jumped the gun on that one. Yeah, and uh, we off. saw it. We saw so we got we got some screenshots of it, and then all of a sudden it was gone. And meanwhile, we're sharing it in the group chat. We're like, no, no, this was here. This is proof. This Where'd it go? Proof. Where'd it go? There's a new skipper. goddammit. it! And so I swear it's here. Right. And so then I alluded to it, and a bunch of other people were like, "I'm glad. I thought I, you know, I thought I was going crazy. So we have a new skipper. It's in the glass box configuration, right? Sick. And, so sick. Uh, you know and. Tag put out some fancy smancy dinner up in Manhattan that I didn't get invited to, unfortunately. And and um, you know we we called it, we called it mm-hmm. again. Yep, you know just uh, like a, like a crystal ball calling all these uh these new releases. <laughs> but so it's, it's okay. not it's not necessarily the the skipper the skipper era that that Hodinky released no. right. It's no, a little, no. little more aggressive, a little more modern, and I don't know if that works in their favor or not. Because I mean, let's face it, everybody likes the that skipper that that Hodinky released because it's a vintage yeah. callback. This one is a very yeah. modern skipper. I don't know how people are going to react to it. I mean, it's it's cool. It's a watch that everybody likes, which is good. Um, well, there's one thing with liking the watch, and there's like nothing with liking the idea of the watch, right? And that and that's think, where I don't know if I don't know if those two will meet in the middle. And that's kind of where I'm at too. Like I think I think it's funky enough for me that if I was gonna run out and get an Octavia, I'm sorry, and uh, a Carrera, that maybe if it was gonna be my only Carrera, that that's what I would buy. Over the other two models that were released earlier this year. You know what I mean? Because it's just funky enough that I'm like, you know what? Why the hell not? This is cool. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, we'll see. I'm just glad it's not like a only watch thing. Because I mean, that was kind of the other thing that we were talking in the chat. Like, it was at least for only watch and the, all these things. Like, no, no, no. It's it's actually for, you know. The lineup, you know, which is good. I mean, I appreciate them not I, releasing a one too. of one and not allowing people because that would just piss everybody. <laughs> right? That yeah. would just piss everybody off again because they're like, "Oh, we finally got a skipper," and it's like gone and selling for like twenty grand, and you're like, "Oh god, just just kill me now." And the last thing that we forgot to mention was the new Longines flagship. Oh, that's a nice watch. I love it. I love it. I think it's a fantastic piece. Um, yeah, man. I mean, uh, no, I'm I'm super excited that the industry did this, and and I'm glad that uh, that Longines is is doing something that's cool again. 
Um, because I've always been a big fan of the flagship model, and now that they're doing it with the moon phase, I think that is fantastic. Yeah, you know I'm a big moon phase person, so this was a, oh. this was a cool cool drop for me personally. It, it's so beautiful. It's just so elegant. I mean, now granted, it's it's going to be a little bit thicker. But it's just so elegant. I love the lugs. I love the Dauphine hands. I think it looks fantastic in the silver. 38 and a half millimeters. I think it's a phenomenal, phenomenal watch. So I was super excited about that. I did not want to forget it because this is something that I think this is for most people going to be a flash in the pan type situation where it's a dress watch and it's like, whoosh, you know, you know, we just quickly glance over it on social media, but I definitely want to call attention to this because it's not a new, it's not an old watch. This is a revamping of the of the Longines flagship now with a pointer date moon phase, and I think it's a phenomenal timepiece. Oh, by the way, they upgraded it for with silicone and gave it some anti magnetic properties in a package that's just over three thousand dollars. So for me, this is a very doable timepiece. And you're getting so it's it's under 39 millimeters and it's only 12.4 thick, so not terrible. Not terrible. I mean, I'm actually surprised about that because the the the, the profile photos on the on Instagram actually make it look like it's fatter than it, that. It does. It does. I mean, hell, we just talked about 38 by 15. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did, didn't we? It's we did. a thick boy. But yeah. But yeah, but I mean, I think it looks good in the blue. I've always been a fan of the Longines blue. I think they do a very nice shade of blue. Such a good blue. And then you have sort of an opaline silver and then a sunray silver. And I think the the one with the gold accents, the gold definitely warms up the silver mm -hmm, a good amount. Mm -hmm. And it works well with the the gold on the moon phase. Yeah. I just I think it's it's a again, I, I've always been a fan of the the JLC moons, and this is sort of in that. Well, some somebody literally on the static. comments, somebody literally on the comments on Houdinki, and I was it's funny that you just said that because I was literally just reading it, and someone was like, "JLC gone bonkers lately with a forty percent increase." Would prefer seven thousand luxury holidays with family over that. So it's kind of like, you know, instead of trying to go out and buy a JLC, which is an astronomical price, why not get something like this and spend three thousand dollars on it? Yeah, now I'm with you. And then, I mean, realistically, even beyond that, I mean, typically watches like this, you would be able to get for a very nice price secondary. I mean, uh, uh, used, not secondary, used. Um, like I know even a lot of their popular models, like the Avigation Big Eye and stuff, very cool mm -hmm. watches. Like mm -hmm. you can get a very nice deal on those used, you know, so something to look out for. I mean, you know, this is, it, it's a very nice watch, man. It reminds me of the watch with, Doctor Strange wears. I know that's a JLC, but it, it you know, the, the look of those are great, but they are super expensive no matter who you go to for them, unless it's yes. um, unless it's uh, what's their face? What's the brand with the ten thousand uh, dollar perpetual calendar? Oh, you're talking about uh, Balmercier? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. So brands like those that make similar watches, but they're kind of homage. -y. Like, yeah, you can yeah. get those at lower price points, but I mean. Longines is a household name. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it is. Absolutely. So, something to be said for that. Bro, I literally forgot one more watch. What's I know that? I'm taking way, way too much time. Did you see the Vulcan quietly relaunch the Cricket Diver? I didn't. Yes. Why would that not be bigger? 
I, d- dude, I don't know. Thanks for telling us the one I wrote about it. And I was like reading it and I was in an area where I couldn't send it to you because I had really bad Wi-Fi. But yeah, they they relaunched the Cricket Diver. There was a lot of stuff that came this week. I'm just thinking about like, we missed a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't have too many of the specs on it yet. But and and maybe it's gone now because maybe it was another release that they were. Oh, I'm looking at it on on a monochrome right now. You see it, Cane Cricket Nautical. Yes, the return of the alarm dive watch. I'm like, and we called it. We did ask for this one. We asked for this one specifically. Yeah, we asked for this one specifically. The skipper, we were kind of like, we hope it comes back because that would be kind of cool. But it was kind of like a fifty-fifty if we thought it would. But this one we definitely called. I know I wanted this one to come back. And now I probably have to put my money where my mouth is. <laughs> because I said I would probably get it. Because <laughs> it's just too freaking cool. Uh, so let's see. There's a there's a dealer in town here that carries Volcane, oddly enough. So maybe wow. I can get a discount and pick up a new piece. But uh, yeah, this is a very, very cool watch. Um, and one that's so under the radar, it's just one of the most funky, unusual complications ever made. And uh, definitely very, very cool. Wow, you want to talk thick, boy. Yeah, she's a thicky. 17.35 millimeters. Yeah, yeah. it's because mm. of that double-dome sapphire. It's a double-dome sapphire. Plus, you have to account to, you have to have the resonance chamber because on the back, you have the little the, the resonance case back that has like the cutouts to amplify the alarm function underwater. Right. So you need to have that. Yeah, some as spacing, well. some buffer. Oh, there, there's just there. It's literally impossible to do it any other way. But it's crazy. It's a hand wound movement. <laughs> Not weird. Yeah, I also like. Uh, the price is to be confirmed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't even tell you. So it's it's either I'll end up with that, or I'll just go get a Volcano Nautique and just be like, all right, sixteen sixteen fifty is not so bad. You guys take trade-ins. No, very reasonable. I'm like, yeah, I got a nice uh, Oris Diver 65. You guys want that? It's been recently serviced. No, this is cool. It's it's very cool. I I really like the dial. I really like the... It almost looks like a, a radar with all the circles and everything. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, it's the bees. It's the bees' knees. And it's so cool because you can like set diving thresholds and... and you can like set the the red tips hand to like you know your time interval for diving. So like let's say you want to dive for forty five minutes, you can literally set it, and it will alarm off at forty five minutes to let you know that you need to start making your return or whatever. And then the little graduations on the dial are your different type of decompression stops based on your time and based on your depth. So it's actually like basically a predecessor to what would be a modern day dive computer. It's pretty nasty. It's pretty damn cool. Completely unfunctional, but pretty nasty. All right, then, my friend. Um, I guess we'll <laughs> squeeze squeeze a little topic in this week. Yeah, just a, just a little bit. God, these new releases are killing us these days. Yeah. Well, so I kind of just thought up this topic uh, randomly because that's what I do when I'm sitting in three hours worth of traffic. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, a lot of times we'll do these these challenges that'll be 
you know, watches under X amount or, mm-hmm. you know, however many watches and try to fit them in a category. Well, and just thinking about sort of the, the landscape of watches and the economy and stuff like that and everything. Uh, you know, we talk a lot, a lot of times. I mean, last week we talked about buying your first luxury watch and mm-hmm. we, we, we pay homage to, to the beginners at times, but also just the people who like to have fun in the, in the, in the shallow end of the pool, if you will. Yeah. So yeah. what I was thinking was instead of necessarily putting a limit on it, you know, I was trying to think of building a collection for a minimal amount of money, but like also trying to capture like maximum amount amount of like swag for it. (laughs) (laughs) Like trying to come up with some, like getting some watches that aren't just, Oh, well I'm just going to throw F91 in here because, or whatever it might be because it's inexpensive and why not? Right. Like, Oh, that serves a purpose and that's it. Like God tier. God tier. So instead, um, let's calm down. My chipmunk looking friend, uh, Instead, you'll have some stuff that is, I guess, inexpensive in in the realm of things, but also like, okay, this also has some some chops to it, and like, yeah, a little flair. Maybe it has some 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 neat features and things like that that you, you might not be getting from your your little old digital Casio. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Which is the challenge. Right. Which and that's kind of challenge. why I was like, it is a bit of a challenge, right? Like if I wanna if I wanna come up with some watches that are, you know, bring some stuff to the table that might not be just the bare bones, but I also, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, break the bank given the times we live in. Like if I'm somebody who's starting out or I'm somebody who's trying to branch out a collection a little bit, maybe like maybe I got my one my one watch, maybe it's maybe it's your your Seiko, your Hamilton, or whatever it might be. And now you're like, I would like a couple others, but like this one already, I'm I'm already uncomfortable with the price of this one, probably, as yeah. we all were when we got that yeah. one. Like, how can I move out from this without feeling like really like I'm getting myself into trouble here? Yeah, you know. So I I started thinking about either watches that I I've bought or I, or I've looked at, or I've had my eye on that sort of fall into this category. Cause you know me, I'm always looking for a fun watch. I mean, I think, I think we've beat it to death. I think that are what we call the, 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 well, we have a couple of different names for it, but the, the res KX, I think that's just that right now. <laughs> I mean, it sucks. It sucks so bad that that is a, um, it's not a limited release, but it's a, it's a, it's a hard to get release. It's only by location, right? It's only released in a certain area. And I think that was a terrible, terrible move mm-hmm. on Seiko's part. And I hope they're going to branch the newer line out a little more. Now that they have a few extra models, maybe they'll bring them to you know the States or Europe or anywhere that you can actually just buy them like a normal human being, as opposed to like <laughs> having to have your friend halfway around the world send it to you. Yes. Like, Yes, you know, I and know. I know a, a bunch of our listeners have done it. And I mean, even then, even then you're all in it like 180, 190 bucks. Yeah. And like we said, for our movement, right? I get it. It's it's probably a, a cheap to make case, cheap strap. Okay. But like you're getting less in other watches with cheaper movements 
You know, I'm not saying a four-hour movement costs an arm and a leg, but it's definitely more than your run-of-the-mill quartz movement. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and like, I mean, personally, like I said, I wear this thing most days. It's a ton of fun. And it's it's a it's a little tank. I I was at a meetup today with with some buddies, and I brought the uh, the Res KX, and and there was the first one they had ever seen it, and they're like, "This is freaking awesome! How do I get one?" And I was like, "Well, you got to talk to my buddy." And so I put him in contact with our with our buddy that did it before, but um, apparently they've been like trying to have an ongoing conversation for a couple months now, <laughs> and it's like they he he just can't find them. So um, we'll have to circle back and see if we can we can maybe get something coming. But these these little Resi Seikos, man, they're they're not easy to find. That is for sure. But like I said, for the money, like it's a no brainer buy. You know what I mean? For a fun 100%. watch, for a summer watch, for you know a what if you like going to the beach, you like fishing, you like going to you know hanging out in the pool. Like You're just yeah. like wearing a watch. I mean, I mean no, that's no doubt. But too. I'm just saying, like like this has so many applications given who makes it and what it's made out of yeah, and its sure. price point that like, it's such a no brainer compared to what, you know, what you get nowadays for, for, you know, a few bucks. And again, yeah, yeah you could just wear your Casio in the pool. Fine. Cool. Okay. I get it. But I mean, for me, this just has a little more style than a square, you know, ho-hum metallic looking case with some, digital yeah. numerals on it like to me this has a little more chops there's a little more style to this like i can throw this on you know a, a, a nato and and or something and and you know it, it becomes a little more like streetwear whereas i don't know the casio it, it listen it works there's nothing wrong with it i'm not going to say there's anything wrong with it but it's there's just they're just two different worlds to me yeah for sure right something about the analog style is just a little cooler than digital style to me I don't know what it is. That's just that's 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 my piece. But I, again, I don't I don't know how you can really beat the Res KX at this point. Like it's no. I like just, listen, but, okay. The the hardest part is just getting one. That's yeah. I mean that's just the reality. Right, and if you can get past a push pull crown and not you know wet your pants over it, <laughs> you're good money, right? Oh my god, it's so funny, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, I've I've done nothing but laps in the pool and chase the kids around you know and you know toss them off the diving board with it and no stopping this thing yet so yeah yeah i mean to me that's like the ultimate pick right there um i have a couple other ones but well am i i want to i kind of hear i want to hear what you what you got for the for the whole run all right um i'm also and and this is one that that i, that I have purchased as well um the Timex uh, Expedition North uh, mm, Solar. Yeah. It's a so it's a solar movement Timex. It's a thirty six millimeter field watch. The one that I specifically got, and the one that I like best, is uh, it's it's black. It's coated. It's a uh, yeah. you know it's got sort of the the blacked out look with. The, I mean, they're not quite cream hands or anything, but they they have a little. I guess they're probably C three or something like that. But they're uh, mm-hmm. they're sort of like an off cream color. And it's just cool. It's just a, a cool blacked out sporty watch. You know, we talked about how the blacked out watches have sort of come back a little bit. And, you know, if you're going for something maybe a, a little, you know, different look than your just standard steel, 
Yeah. You know, it's something cool. It's it's a little stealth. Like I said, I'm a big fan of the sort of Hamilton analog to this where it's uh it's a little bit more expensive and it's made of titanium and you know, it's it's going to run you a bit much, but for the price again, you're you're getting a a pretty neat little watch. I mean, this one actually does have a screw down crown. So that's cool. <laughs> screw down crown and case back, I believe. Um yeah. But yeah, you're getting, you know, solar movement, so you know, it's kind of no frills, pick it up and go. Right, just and there is a, there is a mechanical version too of this one, right? There like is. This. I think it, I think it's a little bigger. Okay. Okay. I think it's forty one. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you're into that, you know, go nuts. Like I said, I just prefer the smaller size. I think they yeah. just, it just fit and wear a lot more, you know, a lot better for my wrist personally. But uh, you know, if you're into the bigger stuff, yeah, go nuts in that respect. Um, but yeah, to me, that's a lot of fun. Um, another one that I've mentioned on here before are the uh, Seiko NSXS line. Uh, They come in blue. They come in, I think, a black, a gray, a silver. But, like, you know, these are kind of, I mean, if you look at them, you squint your eyes real quick. It's almost like a a, a super cheap Seiko OP looking watch. Um, You know, the bracelets are very, very cheaply made. I mean, they they do make uh, aftermarket bracelets for it. And yeah. You know, I think it also looks good on pretty much just a, a straight link, uh, straight bar uh, Jubilee looks really good on it. But again, for the price, you're getting an automatic watch. You can get these for like a hundred bucks on Joma Shop. <laughs> the good old days, the good but, old days. You know, but you're getting the the older Seiko Five badge, not the the funny S. Yeah, you know, day and date. The loom's good. Well, it's Seiko, right? The loom right is it's is a good amazing. looking watch. Right. I mean, obviously, again, a little derivative, but that's fine. Um, but, you know, like an, a real nice piece for, again, somebody who maybe doesn't have a watch or somebody who wants something that they can wear a little more versatile, a little more dressy. Yeah. You know, why not? I think it's a winner. Um, and then there's yeah. one that's I, I just think it's neat. I mean, again, I, I try to mix up. Uh, sort of the looks of the watches and, and the case materials and things like that. Um, I'm sure you've seen this one, the Swatch, uh, the Clearly series. And obviously they use the word clearly. It's not ironic. It's more obvious than anything, but it's a, it's a clear watch. It's like, it's almost like the, like the jelly. Yeah. Casios. It's like, the, yeah. Well, it's like the jelly. It's like the, uh, um, the jelly swatch, the jellyfish, yeah, the jellyfish swatch. But yeah. so this one's the, the one that I, one of the ones I like is the clearly new gent. And so it's got you know a blue, blue, red, and yellow handset yes. so that you can follow around awesome. the dial, which I, which I like because my biggest gripe with things like skeletonized watches or see-through watches is that they become illegible. This one will never be that because it has colored hands. I mean, you can see the battery and the movement through it. It's which sick. is you know neat little novelty and obviously. There's a lot of plastic components going on here, but <laughs> you know, yes. again, it's it's ninety dollars. Yeah, so, man. And they have a few different uh models. There's the clearly gent, clearly bold, yes, clearly black. So the one that the one that I have is the clearly gent. Okay. So the difference is the the new gent is 41, 42 millimeters. Right. The gent is 34, 35 millimeters. Okay, so that's a little more of like the classic. Correct. Swatch. So, so that is literally it, the original swatch size, right? Like the the people who would wear like when people you see like the old days where people would wear, would wear more than one swatch, like they would stack them or they would 
sort of just mess around yeah. with them, you know, like that's sort of the the classic one that I think of. Did I ever show you that I had this watch? I don't think you did. Otherwise, I would have referenced it. Oh, yeah, there it is. That's the one. It is so cool. It is so cool. So my wife doesn't listen to this, but uh... this was hers. I stole it. <laughs> no, no, it was it was. So it was one of those things. It was like I was celebrating a birthday earlier this year. And there was a watch store. They didn't have any moon swatching at the time. And this watch was always something that I that I knew that I wanted to own being a collector just because I feel like, you know, with swatch now, like if I'm going to collect pieces, I want to collect things that are um, a little bit different. And this particular swatch came out very early on in the 80s. And it was they called they nicknamed the jellyfish because you could see through it. Right. Mm. And it was like a cult classic, super collectible. And the original versions are like ridiculously rare. And they have a lot of problems because the old straps back then, they used to yellow really bad and all this stuff. And they're kind of hard to fix and service and all that stuff. So I knew I always wanted to have one. And it was my birthday. And they they had just gotten the new versions in. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I think it was 80 bucks. And I bought it. And my wife's like, did you buy a swatch? I'm like, yes. And she goes, and (laughs) she's like, why? I was like, I don't know. It's like, well, it's my birthday. And then she's like, but, but why? I was like, she's like, you don't even wear swatch. I'm like, yeah, but I wanted to wear this one. Okay. So it just comes down to it. I was like, you know what? I'm to avoid a confrontation. I was like, I bought it for our kid. (laughs) Oh, nice. I was like, I bought it for our kid. It's a limited edition. You know, she'll get to wear a cool watch at some point that, that I'm saving for her. But, it's a it's a fantastic piece and 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 honestly, bro, for you, I would definitely go with the gent size because that's kind of more in your vein. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's just a it's such a cool watch. It's a little Bauhaus with the primary colors and all that stuff. But I absolutely love this watch, and I've been saving it in its box because it is a beast. And plus, it's technically stamped with my birth date on the on the warranty. Oh, very today. nice. But I think it's also kind of cool and neat. So eventually when my daughter does get this watch, um, it'll literally be a bit, have been purchased on dad's birthday. That's very neat. So there you go. But yeah, those are, those are sort of the, the driving ideas behind my picks. Like that, I was looking for a, a few things, something different, a few things a little more up my alley and classic, but like, these are like, if I had these and I was like, you know, if I was my college self, like I would roll with these, I can, I can get around yeah. with that. You know, without feeling yeah, like, without feeling like I'm selling myself short, like I, I would still feel like I'm, I'm, you know, putting my my best foot forward. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so I took this this concept a little bit differently. I was trying to find kind of the best value, um, for watch cr- criteria. So I was kind of trying to figure out different like complications and stuff, and and all these different watches. So. I tried to keep it as inexpensive as I possibly could while Ooh, still all right. retaining a little bit of, of, of value here. So um, I kind of went through the gambit of, of different things and I made some concessions. So the first one that I have here is a watch from Boulder Supply Company. And for those of you who are not okay. familiar with Boulder. That, that's a different pick. It's a different pick. I was trying to do stuff that I, I haven't seen anybody pick before. I was trying to do things that were concessions like so if it had to be a little bit more money what was the trade-off for me getting you know what was the value that i was getting in in my selection so the the particular bowler that i chose is the venture green star and it's a very unusual green 
um, because it's kind of like the Oris, like Kermit green, but then okay. it mixes it like mixes it in the bezel with like a forest green and then like a kind of like a an olive drab green. So it's a mixture of a bunch of different greens. But this is a diver. It's two. It's two hundred meters water resistant, thirty eight millimeters, but it's full titanium case. And it's not the most inexpensive watch. It's 440 bucks. But I figured that if you're going to go all out and you're going to go with, let's say, your one watch and it's going to do everything, then do it in something that is a unique package. It is very cool. can be a little sporty, but still can be understated. And do it in a material that's not common in a mechanical watch at this price point. And so I was like, you know what? This I think is cool. So 60 click bezel, you know, loomed bezel, you know, diver's watch, everything like that. Four o'clock crown, but it is a bolder venture in the green star color. There's a lot of green on this. I mean, this I would say the dial like it. The dial is kind of like like pea soup. Pea yeah. soup green. Yeah. But the official def- color code is called coral green. Coral green. It's an, an interesting name. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've seen a ton of green coral in my day, but I I, I have literally never seen green coral in my life. And I've <laughs> been say, in the ocean, pink, so, orange, so blue, just, like white. <laughs> it's like, hey, like you know, people are like, yeah, it sounds cool. Like, let's just go with that. Let's and go like, with All right, it. Cool. Pastel sounds but, dirty. Uh, I just think it's a funky watch. I think it's cool. I've honestly never seen this before, so. That and I and I have me. a I boulder. Four hundred forty nine bucks for a titanium watch really isn't bad either. And it's titanium full bracelet. That's the other thing. So it's not even just a case. It's a full bracelet in titanium as yeah, well. I mean, which I'm though, like, those okay. Newer, those newer citizens are like almost double that. Exactly. And I was like, okay, I can I can see again. It's not cheap. You know, still let's let's call it five hundred dollars. It's not cheap, but in the realm of mechanical watch diver full titanium case and bracelet there's just not a lot out there um and so i think i was like you know what i could i could get away with that that to me seems cool that's a neat pick something way way out of left field we like that you know we don't we don't we don't always want to talk about the same stuff even though we do but i just i I know i just you know it's just like one of those things like i just want to push it a little bit further i want to see if i can make it go a little bit further um okay so that was kind of my first pick then I have a little bit more of a utilitarian pick in the sense that, you know, we've talked about this watch before. This is certainly well within, you know, a good price point. It's $259. And this is the Timex, the Timex Marlin Automatic 40. It's a new coloration that they did for this year uh, with kind of the funky numerals in both the blue sunray or the gray or the green sunray, sunray okay. dots. This is just a, it's a classic pick for me. If I'm going to go dress and this is going to be my one watch to rule them all, if you will. And this is my only price point. You know, I would shuck the Bambinos. I would shuck all the other versions. This is the watch that I would get because I think the styling and the finishing of this watch makes it hit far heavier in its weight class than anything else in competition with it. I think this is a really, really, really nice watch. And I'm so inclined to just buy this for myself. I freaking love this watch and i don't know which color i would choose the green or the or the blue both of them are equally beautiful it would literally be a coin flip 
because they're they're just nice. They're very very good looking watches. So there's that, and then kind of my my last one. I wanted to really challenge myself. I was like, okay, divers hard. I mean, but there's so many divers out there, and you can go. And I didn't want to go quartz. I was like, okay, you can go quartz diver and keep it super equitable, super low price. But let's see if we can do something different. Um, let's do mechanical, right? And let's do okay. mechanical dress, mechanical diver. The last one I wanted to challenge myself to see if I could figure out was mechanical chronograph, which is not easy. Um, and specifically one that's often not discussed. And the watch that I chose for this particular segment is the Hemel airfoil full loom ivory dial. So it's a long name. Yeah. But it's the Hemel airfoil and it's got the full loom dial variation. It's a chronograph that comes in in a mechanical at $499. So only a little bit more than the titanium. But this is a really good looking watch. I really like it a lot. I think I would pick one up if I had the opportunity. The dial is full loom. So how could you not want that? <laughs> so it's a very different take on the chrono. It's vintage inspired syringe hands, kind of that like old school you know, fly back kind of, you know, look to it. Um, and it's a manual one chrono. It's a ST1901 caliber. So same as the movement we were talking about in the, uh, the Baltics we just right, reviewed. Yeah. That's Siegel. That Siegel movement. It's a classic. It's tried and true. And this is not your like traditional, like dress chrono. This is a military chrono. And, it's different to me too because like this movement's used a lot in like the uh was it the 1963 the Seagull 1963 yep that like classic but I don't like all of the like the characters and stuff like that on the dial I think it's a little bit too distracting so for me this is more of like a traditional military watch that I would feel comfortable wearing plus with the full loom dial I don't own anything in my collection that is like that we've talked about this at length before like I'm looking for a full loom dial something uh, I think this would hit home. Yeah, and I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, I want to say this dude is from like literally the town over from me. Really? Well, from my my hometown that I grew up in. The company itself? I swear, I think it's Hemel. It's definitely one with an H. I'm pretty sure it was Hemel. Is from is based out of like Manhattan, New York. Let me see. Give it a Google. I think it's Hemel. It could very well be. In contact. Well, that's where their LLC is based out of. It's probably it's probably them. I think I am correct, to be honest. But yeah, so I grew up in a little town called Port Washington, New York, and this is mm -hmm. right next door. It's almost, almost the exact same town, to be honest. And uh, yeah, so that's neat. Have you have you seen this brand before? I have. I I don't know much about it, but I I have seen it. I just think this stuff is cool. They make a bunch of like divers and stuff like that, and and their price points are all you know very very accessible. Um, I think they really catered to a lot of like military crowd for sure, depending on their design. But they've done some some uh, pretty cool stuff, and I don't know, just like 
of all the watches out there, like to do a mechanical chronograph with the kind of a military history, I think that's pretty cool. Well, it is cool. And like I said, it's something different. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of what makes this whole, it's kind of the point of the, the exercise here is, is that you can find stuff that's sort of up your alley. You can find stuff that's very mainstream, or you can find stuff that's out in left field. And you're like, Hey, like, here's a realistic option. I don't know if anybody else on earth would have picked this, but <laughs> there you go. You know what I mean? I don't know if everybody's looking for a pea soup titanium diver, but here it is. I mean, why not go full send, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, my friend. All right, anything else on your list there? That, I think, is uh, is it, my friend. Yeah, that's it. All right. I was trying, actually, I had, I, I in, in the in the air, full disclosure, I did have the Hydra from uh, Laurier on there as well as my GMT category. But uh, we already talked about that, so it's good. Felt too on the nose. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, we don't need to talk about it again. But yes, it was my GMT pick. So since it was fresh in my mind, it was launched last week, kind of in lieu for uh, or in leading up to to wind up. Um, so there you go. All right then. All right, we can uh, I guess put the official stamp on this one then. There you go. Stamp episode the ninety ninety episodes in the books. Crazy enough. Oh my god! Can't believe it. No man, it's insane. I literally, I literally can't. I was talking to somebody about it today this morning. I was like, 90 episodes. Holy crap! What have we been doing?" <laughs> but I love it, man. I love it, and I'm, and I'm glad I get to do it with, with my best bud over here. So, on it's the weekly, fun. yeah, on the weekly, baby. Right.